Hello, Joe. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good, good. I don't know if it's you or me, but you're uh Yeah, you're let me just check up. something out. Hold on. I, I, know, I just saw that lock. Hold on. Give me a second. Joe's frozen up. Probably has to turn off his VPN. How's that? Better? Uh, yeah. I think so. Yeah, it should be good. I, I had a VPN up, so I just took it down. Um, it'll got a little lag. Like a yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't help that. <laughs> your audio is lagging your video. Is it really? Oh, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me refresh. Okay. I'll, right. I'll leave back, and I'll be come right Come back, back in. All right. All right. We're getting started again, folks. Anyway, we're back. Uh, thanks so much for everybody's patience while uh, I was out of town. Joe, you back in? I'm trying to be. You're still lagged. Yeah, well, I'll just talk slower. That should help. <laughs> uh, no, I think there's a couple of people streaming on this account right now. So oh, I suspect okay. that's what's uh, yeah. getting me a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, had a, I mean, how tell us. Uh, I mean, I didn't look a lot at crypto over the last couple of weeks, to be honest. Although I was watching Mona Vale a lot. There was a lot of action on Mona Vale. A lot of up and down between 400 and 1600 ish. So um, only 5,000 tokens. I saw that as interesting. Of course, I was following Celsius. You know, I did see they did officially file Chapter 11, I think, in the last couple of hours. But I was night, watching that, yeah, that, Goldman, that Goldman bid. I was surprised that they weren't able to pull that off. Yeah. Um, so interesting stuff. But then I look and see Doonesbury's doing uh, NFTs. And, um, you know, I see lots of great building going on. Um, yeah, I definitely. Just see the, the washout of all the junk, which yep. you know, I think we all knew was going to happen. And, you know, even good stuff gets dragged down. So how about you? What were you paying attention to? Uh, I was paying attention to uh, 65 to 70 degree weather and um, uh, beautiful California Pacific Coast Highway. And, uh, you know, I was obviously in there monitoring things and taking care of some trades here and there. But uh, for the most part, Joe, I took you know, a pretty full blown vacation. So I love it. I mean, yeah, it Cal, was, when do we get to, yeah, I can't wait to take, I think I'm going to take one in August, but um, you know, it's just to just decompress like that. You got to do it. I mean, it was awesome. It was um, awesome. I was sort of watching that trading. I was thinking about, God, I was remembering like last spring, you know, just crushing it. But I was remembering how much anxiety I was constantly under, you know, when you're trying to remember, okay, can I get away with a fourth DCA on the way down and still make money? <laughs> You know, or why don't you just crash already? I'm sick of this. You know, it's, yeah. it's just so much pressure. So it's a relief to get away from that for a while. So I'm glad yeah. you had fun. Yeah, dude, I had a great time. Great, great experience. Uh, loved it out there. Um, would move to California in a heartbeat if we could. Uh, can't right now, but uh, it was fan. It was just a fantastic trip. Well, tell me like this. The what was your favorite ahead. part of California real quick? I know there's so much and I just wanted to kind of get your feel if it was north or south or. Yeah, no, I it, uh, San Diego to Santa Barbara was 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 unbelievable. Just absolutely um absolutely beautiful we stopped at a couple little places along the way um just before big sur we stopped at a, a in a little town and stayed overnight in a little hotel on on the water and uh, you know er, living in miami I, I love everything that miami has to offer um i love all the culture here i love the beaches it's all wonderful but it's hot and it's humid and 
it's not different, right? I mean, everything is basically the same everywhere you go here in Miami. I mean, you have like a little bit of differences between say downtown Miami and coconut Grove and Miami beach is lovely and pretty, but you know, you go out there and it's mountains and beach and cliffs and hiking and just incredible nature everywhere you turn. The people are incredibly friendly and the weather is just awesome. Like, you know, 65, 75 degrees year round is a really, really tempting thing right now in my life. So, yeah, you know, it was it was fantastic. So we loved that area. Um, Pacific Beach went and watched all the surfers and Santa Barbara is beautiful and went into Big Sur, did some hiking and um, and then San Francisco was fantastic. Just just beautiful, wonderful. I mean, it was foggy, but you know, we didn't care. So it's good. It was a good trip. Good trip. Great, yeah. great time. My wife, my wife is an awesome trip planner. So, um, she just, she does this, puts in a huge amount of time before we go anywhere, scheduling things out, you know, with, you know, breaks in between to chill out or whatever, but we hit all the highlights. We hit everything. I, it, it, there's so much that we did. I can't even keep track of it all. So it's great. Well, that's always good to come back exhausted in a good way. Yeah. You know, from yeah. new, new stuff, you know, yeah. and it's not like, you know, the, the, uh, grinding it out stuff that we deal with all day long. Amen so. said, Oh my God, you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> hey, amen. Yeah. yeah, dude, more alive than I was. So that's, that's good. That's good. Well, look, it looks like the market's just trending sideways on us still, buddy. I mean, we've been hanging in this 19 to 20, 21 range for a few weeks now. Uh, it looks like we're going to continue to do that. So, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any major news there in price. Um, you mentioned um, Celsius, uh, Celsius, where is it? Well, where the hell is my Celsius link? There, nope. There we go. Uh, filing chapter 11 last night. Um, you know, it's funny because crypto Twitter was all like, I can't believe they've, they've in the filing they're they're going to, they're paying their people, their salaries and benefits when all these people out here lost money and have money locked up in that place. And I'm like, if that number one, that's chapter 11. That's how it works. You want to continue operating as a business. Number two, if you don't pay people, they will leave. And number three, if the people leave, then you're not going to get any service and nothing's going to get done and the company has no future. So that's why they're doing this restructuring or this chapter 11 is, is to be able to do that. That said, you know, one of the themes that has come out over and over again through, by the way, I'm, I'm right now I'm showing Mike Alred, uh, Alfred. Um, this guy predicted this like almost a year ago, what, the, exactly what would happen with Celsius. Like he said that everything they were doing was wrong and screwed up. And um, he, he called that they were going to um, that they were going to go under. Um, and here's the, here's the key lesson for me. No DeFi protocols are declaring bankruptcy in the lending space. None of them shut down. None of them collapsed under all of the weight and pressure of the market. All of them, you know, most of them did all of the liquidations happen the way they were supposed to, you know, the decentralized nature of lending protocols worked. The centralized ones, the Celsius, the Voyagers of the world, they failed. They, they were human beings trying to manage shit instead of smart contracts with set rules. And they invested stupidly. 
They put money in the wrong places. They trusted the wrong people. And there's a reason we call, you know, DeFi and crypto trustless. The idea here is, is that there are no human beings that you have to trust to make the right decision. And that has been to me, that to me is the strongest theme coming out of all of this mess. And I'm not trying to downplay people that got burned. And I know we have listeners that are getting burned by Voyager and Celsius and, and everything. But what is key to me is to understand is that when you're investing in these centralized entities, that's where the real risk is to my, to my, to my um, point of view. Yeah. When you're giving up custody. Yeah. And it's putting it in a central target. Yep. It's definitely the most risky. I mean, that's kind of when you were saying that, I was thinking about, oh, yeah, and I, I did predict it two years ago, by the way. Uh, okay. Over, over drinks at the beach with my awesome. Israeli pal. Awesome. <laughs> but I didn't tweet it out. <laughs> I just don't do that stuff. But, um, no, to me, I think it's, you know, when everybody, like when you have humans in the process, and we know a lot of these, you had to go find yield higher than the yield you're paying on the platform to make the business model viable. So if you're in this circuit where you have to chase yield and say BTC and ETH prices is going down, you end up in the highest yield, most risky stuff. And unfortunately, you know, uh, 2020 hindsight, you know, it looked like a lot of people when that last this correction was going on started having to chase yield. And that's where they ended up in places like Terra, you know, and yeah. got gashed and didn't didn't I mean, saw the warning signs, but didn't recognize it all or refuse to believe it or refuse to disbelieve their positions um, because to do so could have meant financial ruin. Yep. So they hang in there and, 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 and hope to ride it out. And, and that's, what's really important is if you're ever in a position where you have custody of other people's money and that type of stuff is happening, you have to still play by the rules. You cannot go into the super risky stuff because that's what exposes you to all the lawsuits I mean, with look at Madoff, for example. I mean, that fund was actually segregated for most of the time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until he got burned in 08 correction that all of a sudden he was forced to have to start paying out returns from new money. And, you know, when you're doing that, it's you're already swirling the toilet bowl. <laughs> you, might, you might as well just figure out a way out where you don't go to jail. At that yeah, absolutely. And that's absolutely. the lesson, I think, for all these people. Um and when you have, like you said, the truly decentralized platforms, when you take the tech risk out, you know, those kind of bad decisions can't happen. Yep. So, yeah, I think you're spot on there. Eliminate the humans. Oh, Sean welcome me back. Dude, you're welcomed us back because you were gone too. I'll, I think yeah. of you having been here, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Miss my daily dose of shit coinery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eamon yeah. said I should come check out Seattle. Eamon, I've been there twice. And both times there was no rain the entire time I was there. So that was great. But everyone tells me the other uh, 345 days of it is uh, miserable, cold and wet. So uh, I'm not sure Seattle would be my favorite place, but uh, I know it's beautiful and I know people are wonderful there and you got the music going on. So, yeah. uh, but uh, also Eamon said, why did Voyager token slash stock moon the last few days just before chapter 11? He goes at 5X. I didn't even notice that. That's interesting. Yeah, maybe people were playing. They were basically playing whether or not the Chapter 11 announcement would happen. So there's probably a lot of inside info leaking out there from advisors, yeah. um, you know, that start uh, talking it up inadvertently yeah. or, at, you know, on purpose. So my guess is people thought there was some debate there. It wasn't going to happen. 
and ran it up um, on that news. I mean, that's the, that's the plausible, and there, unless there's something else in there financially that people know that none of us know about. Yeah, yeah. So, well, look, I think everyone that's going to be um, subjected to these Chapter 11s that has money locked in there, you this is you're at a point where you need to just start considering that money as um, less lost. than what you put in at the very least, um, maybe lost um, because creditors are going to get paid first. Um, mm -hmm. Employees and creditors are going to get paid first and you're last. Unfortunately, that's just the way it works in these situations. So um, th this is that kind of thing where you kind of have to sit back and say, okay, if the money comes, it's a bonus. Otherwise I should probably not be counting on it. You know, it's funny. Oh, yeah. I, I tell the story of, um, I'm not gonna tell the whole story, but I got, I got, um, I got screwed over by an employer who owed me large sums of money. And, um, I obsessed over it for like two years, like oh, maybe almost three years. And it ate me alive. Right. I was miserable. I wasn't accomplishing anything. I was constantly angry. Um, and, and it's those kinds of things that once it's gone and it's done and you can't do anything about it, um, you, you got to let it go. Right. Because that you have no more control. You have zero that you can do. Maybe you could take legal action, file suit, make sure your name is in the list of the creditors or, or whatever. But at this point, you just gotta, you're just going to have to write it off and say, okay, I'll move on to the next thing and try to recover another way. Because as sad as it is, that's the reality of, of the situation. You can't get to your money until the courts and the people who are managing the bankruptcy say you can. So that's just the yeah. way it is. That's a tough lesson to learn. And, yeah. you know, for the younger folk, um, you know, you don't realize it's there until you've gone through it a couple of times. Yeah. And the analog I would use here would be the Cryptopia hack. Oh, yeah. Thing. Um, you know, once that happened or I, I think the other thing is you have to, you know, and I'll maybe try to draw on a sports kind of analog here. You know, I'm not my British Open's on on the other monitor. I can see it over there, but I'm not the big golfer. I just like watching it. But you have to think it's like if you fuck over a hole or a shot, you got to just flush it and forget yep. it, yep. you know, and not dwell on it. Tennis, yep. same thing. I mean, football. I mean, you know, shooters got to shoot in basketball. There's a reason they put up 30 shots and hit six, hit 15 or 16. <laughs> you yeah. know, if we were out there playing with our kids and you missed eight in a row, would you keep shooting? Probably <laughs> not. You'd be like, I look like an idiot out here. But, you know, that's the way you got you to gotta forget it. If you are a shooter, then shoot. But, well, and it know. makes everything, it makes everything else you do shitty. Yeah. Right. It makes your relationship shitty. It makes you not produce as well at trading or your business or your job or whatever it is you do. And, and, and holding on to that anger and frustration and stress is not going to solve a problem. And the beauty of this bankruptcy is, is this allows a lot of people to say, okay, fuck it. I can't do anything. Right. I, I can't do move anything on. about this. I got to move yeah. on. I got to go try to recover some other way. And unfortunately, I think there's people that had like because they trusted this big institutional thing in Voyager and Celsius there. There's some significant losses for people, oh, yeah. but it, it it just it is what it is right now today. And you can't change it. So it happens anyway. with all of it. It's like the whole Axie Infinity story with the Philippines. Yeah. You know, and how all of these villages were making money. And huge money for them. And then, it, you know, basically, I don't know, it goes to zero, but it goes to not much. And, right. 
you know, destroys those, well, I don't say destroys, but impacts those communities quite dramatically in a negative way. Um, yeah. This happens all the time. When you, I was looking at um, the Shiba. I saw an announcement in one of the feeds. This, there was a CZ announcement about some big hack at Uni. Well, yeah. And, three, but, but I saw, let me finish this part first. I saw yeah, a Shiba thing and it was about a new metaverse hire. And I was looking at it and I was like, man, you know, Shiba Army or whatever they call them or Shib Army. I'm like, here's a whole another cult of personality going on. <laughs> and they're taking it into the metaverse. Yeah. Which I thought it's kind of interesting. But, you know, again, there's, a huge warning signs there. Just yeah. don't don't believe don't believe Richard Hart. Don't believe yeah. these guys. Don't believe any of these people. Get in, make your money, and get out. Um, <laughs> That's good. Or leave some there, but don't trust these people. Just exactly. you know, they're telling you a freaking bunch of dreams, the same dreams you buy with a lottery ticket. So you know, I don't know. It just seems it's frustrating to me, but I just hate to see people get burned like that. Yeah. When it's all their money and having gone yeah. through it a lot myself, it's not fun. And, no. you know, if you look at it, wives, I mean, a wife or kids, um, you know, or people that depend on you, employees, you know, you learn some friggin' hard lessons that day. Yeah. Yeah. Eamon said like, uh, yeah, like the Mount Gox funds are just about to be released after all these years. Enforced holding likely with a negative yield. Yeah. I mean, look, those people all had to accept the fact that, until the bankruptcy process finished, they weren't going to see anything. And so, yeah. you know, that's what it is and that's what it was. And that's now, you know, if you've let go of it years ago and said, screw it, I'm going to forget about this until I see something now it's going to be a real nice bonus. Like it's going to be like, Oh, Holy shit. It, it, you stop thinking about what you lost and then you start thinking, Oh, well shit, I just got handed 20 grand or whatever yeah. it turns out to be. Right then then you know you're you're in a better place so yeah anyway just kind of like look guys if you are there you just got to flush it right now out of your head and it's painful yeah. and you got to look for fresh targets yeah. uh, coming up and you got to look at infrastructure there is good stuff out there um, yeah. hopefully we'll talk about some of it but um so, yeah, i feel for you a company called Verified Market Research is projecting 231 billion market size for NFTs by 2030 for uh, gaming, art, music, digital collections, uh, film, etc. Which, um, yeah, I, I, I actually first I saw that number and I thought that's a lot, but then I thought about it, I thought that's really not a lot when you consider the size of those industries, right? If mm -hmm. the traction can be gained and the integrations can start happening, of NFT technology into traditional gaming platforms, traditional music platforms, traditional art platforms, then I think 231 billion is doable by the next yeah. seven well, years, right? Well, look at, look at like Monavale, Digital Axe. And again, I, I don't own any of this right now. Um, I just, you know, we met the founder. Um, what was her name? Emma, I think. Emma? Yep. Yeah. Super. And she's been on um, Mission DeFi, right? Yeah, she's. Emma, yeah. I've, I've interviewed there's her. An inter she's, there's an interview there. Go watch that brilliant. interview, Brad's. She's super she's cool, and it's NF. It's an NFT play in you know digital fashion with some real world stuff binded to it, and in the gaming thing. So you know, I mean, I always look back on these types of applications where, like, if you go and I mean, I'm not into the fancy stuff, but you know, the labely, the fancy stuff with labels. But some people are. They want to go buy that, you know, Gucci handbag or something. Well, if you bought it in the real world, you should get an NFT to deploy it on your character in a game. Yeah. Or if you buy it in the game, you should have a potential, you know, if you're whatever price you're paying to get a real world version too.
And you think that crossover of goods and services between, you know, real life, this metaverse, and then all the other ones, I mean, that is easy. That stuff happens via NFTs a lot in my mind. Yep. Absolutely. Um, so I could see us getting there. I mean, hey, Niblet says NFTs for music's could music could do what DRM failed to do so do in decades past. And then he said, "Not sure that's a that's a good thing, though." Um, you know what, though, something I thought about is funny. On the on the you know we drove from San Diego to San Francisco and, mm -hmm. and we had a rental car, and I was listening to um, you know Damon John from uh, Shark Tank. Um, yeah, he Damon, was the yeah. founder of Fubu. Well, I listened to this entire podcast series of him telling the story of the founding of FUBU. And during one segment of it, he talked about how desperately they tried to stop the counterfeiting of their product lines and how hard it was. And they spent millions of dollars on attorneys, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and at the end of the day, realized it was impossible to stop. Well, to my mind and to what you're talking about, Niblets, I think there's incredible opportunity for proof of ownership and mm -hmm. NFTs to be integrated with fashion, real fashion, um, and the clothes that you buy to prove that what you buy is authentic. If you're into you know, authentic shoes or brand shirts or whatever, NFTs and proving that ownership that it's a legitimate real thing, especially in the resale market for sneakers and stuff, that's a huge potential for this technology because well, then it's on the blockchain, right? That is a real deal that the company said we made and now you can prove your ownership. Well, what if you had like a kind of digital fashion wallet with all your NFTs in it? And maybe like if you went to a, I'm trying to think how you would do this, but let's say you were going to a big gala somewhere and, you know, maybe there was some way stuff would scan on the way in. And so the imposters who were wearing fake shit could be pointed out. Yeah, There's some way to like clean it up and embarrass a few people. Yeah, um, but something I mean, with this is some kind of portability that move with authenticity, not in game only, but in real world too. Um, yeah. That would be pretty friggin' cool. Um, but yeah, I see what Damon's talking about. I was in China and I remember we'd go to these like counterfeit factories. It was yeah. all the B BA stewardesses or flight attendants told me about it. And you'd go in one room and it was all the actual counterfeit copies. And then you'd go to the next room, but it was all the real stuff. <laughs> but, you know, um, I guess, you know, there's different streams of goods going out of the factory there. Yeah. Um, so it was sort of like, you know, the outlet place, but it was real. So and they don't report that stuff back to the brand no. owner. So there's, you know, I see what he says. There's so much, I would say, probably half of I mean, look at Manhattan. You go down the streets and it's all the dudes, you know, Senegalese or, you know, Jamaican. You know, you see a lot of dudes. I'm well, not picking on anybody i'm just saying they're selling the bags on the street on you know rugs yeah and then when the cops come they pick it all up and disappear for a second and then they come back and do it again so nobody yep. enforces this stuff no not at all it's funny when i was um when i was in college my mom wrote on a laundry bag laundry instructions for me so i wouldn't screw up my wash yeah. um and my roommates started using the bag for their laundry so my mom said you know what maybe i'll get some of these manufactured and see what happens so we did and it started getting picked up in major chains and major stores. And we ran into our own manufacturer copying it and selling it to people that we were already selling to. One of them was Bed Bath & Beyond. And the text on the bag was copyrighted, right? And the design of the bag was, was unique. And we actually sent marshals in to confiscate all the bags at, at Bed Bath & Beyond. 
But trying to stop that is next to next to impossible. But if you had some authentication mechanism related to NFTs, it'd be really cool. Uh, yeah. Nibbles says, uh, Corey Doctorow's unauthorized bread tells the story of DRM run amok, dystopian stuff. Uh, sounds interesting. I'll put that on my list, man. Thanks. Yeah, I remember the Casa days. I just had downloaded, I mean, hard drives of music. I went for all the classical music. You know, and, and like old artists like, you know, uh, Led Zeppelin and The sure. Doors. And, you know, I mean, I know those are still under copyright, but I figure with the classical, you know, I just never hooked up for the period of the sharing back part. I just went for the downloads. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I annoy my kids because I annoy my kids because I won't let I will never let them. I've never allowed my children to download pirated music or games. And yeah. that's because I've worked in tech. Right. And so. I know what it feels like to have your shit stolen, right? So that's why I I don't. That's just not something we do in our household. So anyway, yeah, no, I look at it differently with music. To me, it's like if it's out of the copyright period, I definitely. Oh, if it's out of the copyright period, yeah, that's that makes sense. That makes. But you know, as far as you don't have to do it anymore because Spotify's there for everybody, you know, or something like that. So it does all the DRM things. So that market's pretty much dead. No, definitely. Uh, B&B chain launches a DAP platform with Red Alarm to warn users about scam. Uh, they're integrated something called DAP Bay's Red Alarm, and it's a contract risk scanning tool that helps users identify high-risk projects to avoid rug pulls and fraud. I haven't climbed into the details about how all this works, but I think this is a really, really smart move for B&B chain uh, to create kind of a pathway to people using things and being able to say, hey, this one has some level of safety based on the smart contracts and the risks inherent in it. I assume it has uh, things in there for, for checking the locking periods and et cetera, for changes that can be made, the rights of the, of the private keys and the admins and the, whether it's a, a properly uh, secured wallet, et cetera. But uh, it's very interesting. I'm going to take a closer look at it and take a look at the, the actual application and see what it's like. But um, I think this is a really smart move for B&B chain because they have had so many instances of scams and rug pulls on that chain. Um, and it was the most popular chain for it because it's the largest amount of retail traders. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Binance, do you have that link of the CZ talking about that Uniswap? Yeah. Uh, so, so I deal do, there. I do have that. So it turned out it wasn't a um, exploit. Hold on. It was a bug in the code. Where was it? I had it loaded up. Sorry, guys. Uh, he said his threat there are threat Intel detected a potential exploit on Uniswap V3 on the ETH blockchain. The hacker has stolen 4,295 ETH so far, and they are being laundered through tornado cash. Can someone notify Uniswap? We can help. Thanks. Well, it turned out that it actually, um, um, it turned out actually that it was, um, not, uh, an exploit. There was a bug that had been around for a couple of years in the code, I think this is the same. I think this is the same thing because I, um, I saw a follow up to someone saying CZ made everyone freak out, thinking that Uniswap is being exploited. Um, I'm not. I, I'm not sure about all the details of it, but I do know that there was some kind of bug in the code. Maybe yeah. I'm. Maybe I'm reading that wrong. I also know that there was. Um, I may be mixing up two stories here, but um, I, I also think that there was another bug found that um, wasn't exploited 
that um, in fact could have been pretty disastrous. And I think that was for MakerDAO uh, last week. Um, that was also an old bug found. So um, I'm not sure this was actually an exploit. I think this was also a bug, but um, we'll check on it and see if there's more yeah. to it. Didn't, yeah, there was another di sub dialogue going on in his thread that talked about, yeah, unfortunately, this is one of the teams we've never talked to or never verified. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And, I, and so somebody, people were calling him out for that. But then, of course, it's not even an exploit. Yeah. So you're just drawing attention to shit yeah exactly get the sec all pissed off there you go so anyway uh by the way binance turned five uh i guess when was that uh yesterday well, so congratulations yeah yeah i mean look i know there's a lot of people that don't like cz or binance but you you cannot it's it's incredibly difficult yeah. for me to take anybody seriously that says that they have not accomplished astounding levels of success um, and run an organization and an operation that runs pretty damn well for number one, a remote team in a highly regulated market, high risk, high security problems. Um, it, they, they have done a brilliant job. And I, I frankly think CZ is going to go down as one of the best CEOs um, in, in tech history because the man has succeeded at, at building something absolutely astronomical and uh, incredible. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, he's being rewarded for it. He's evidently one of the wealthiest men in the world now. So, um, you know, yeah, yeah, I just got to applaud the fact that uh, that that organization has done a pretty damn good job. So you got a UX UI proposal over there right now? <laughs> no, <laughs> I <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, look, I, some people he does like follow easy. me. Though. Yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, no, and you guys have dialogued a bunch. Yeah, we past. have. We I have. Very we were nice. Talking band. about uh, BSC, Finance Smart Chain, and a few, we're talking a few other things. I mean, I remember you dialoguing back and forth. I don't see, you know, look, to be a CEO like this, I mean, just put it in with Bezos and Musk and all those guys. You got to have some mental issues of some kind to, to take this on. And I don't mean in exactly. a negative way. No, I, I know what mean, you mean. Yeah. You, you got to be driving for some world domination thing. I mean, there's yeah. something driving you internally. Yeah. He's got it. So, I mean, yeah. and he has done amazing things. Uh, you know, when you look at what we had before, which was basically Cryptopia and, you know, that was about it. And a bunch of DEXs that all shut down. And then you had Coinbase and then Binance came in and, you know, I mean, it was always the best play to me yep. until they threw in, you know, all of the um, uh, U.S. restrictions. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's going to go down as one of the, you know, like they had those lists of uh, like the founders of the Internet or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely in the top five. Please. I easily. Think. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, no, oh. just brilliant, brilliant man and, and has done a brilliant job running that organization. And one of the primary things I think that's made him successful is, is he lets everybody do their thing on his team. You know, he, this is not micromanaging. This is not, there. here's the vision. Here's where I want this company to go. Here's how I want us, our ethics and fundamentals to be. Go out and do it, right? And, uh, you know, he approves the big projects and he, and he gets engaged and involved with them. But he lets his team do what his team needs to do to be successful. And that, to me, is, is the kind of leadership that I like. Well, it's decentralized. You know, it's yep. like you empower. I mean, how many people have had a job where you had some asshole boss that's micromanaging you all friggin' day long? Exactly. I had this, this one guy once. We actually hired him from the fund to come to the company. And I was the chairman of the company. 
this guy used to give me shit all the time. And it would be like, you know, talking about 10 things that he wanted information on. And I was trying to support him. And, you know, then I'd go into these meetings and, you know, he'd of course focus on the one out of the 10 that I didn't get done. And he was one of those guys, you know, and then yeah, he would just totally. put the screws. And I was like, I mean, I, I, we did not want him to quit. So I had to eat shit, but you know, it was, uh, it's tough and you hate it. Um, yeah. you know, obviously if you're doing restaurant work, I've done tons of that, you know, you got all kinds of people just, you know, plus customers giving you shit Absolutely. all day. So I don't know. It's, 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 if you have a boss who just lets you run, uh, and just says, Hey, I want this done. Come back and tell me how it worked out on Friday at five. You know, those are the best bosses to have. Definitely. Just, just deliver. Just let it run. Yeah. Polygon was accepted into uh, Disney's accelerator program um, and their price uh, Matic uh, rallied 22% on the news. I don't know if that'll last or if it has lasted. Let me see where's Matic today. Let's take a look where Matic is today. That's Coinbase, by the way. I'm looking at hmm. their uh, MTF signals. Where's that trading at right now? Six-ish? Oh, I don't know. I just closed it. Uh, well, Matic is still holding on that uh, on that gain. Looks good. Look, Matic is just a superstar. I mean, yeah. I don't when, when they have this recent retreat and market cap, that just makes it buy, buy, buy for me at this point. I mean, we've talked yeah. about these guys for a year and a half or two years, exactly. ourselves, but a year, well, ever since this show started, uh, was last October, I guess. And um, these guys have built an amazing team. They're slugging down nice acquisitions they've got low transaction fees high security they're yep. they're going to be a layer in eth no matter what happens in this merge and this and that i mean they're going to be a very important part of that plus all the other chains so these yep. guys are you know it's like one of those ones that falls in between chains or on top of all the chains or below all the chains or interwoven to all the chains it fits everywhere and yep. you know at what 60 cents and deals like this I mean, that yeah. tells me there's some big NFT content play coming out of Disney and they want to deploy on Polygon because of transaction yep. fees and minting fees. So to yep. me, that is what this is all Huge about. Huge news. I was going about to talk about that. By the way, uh, Matic right. is still is up 26.43% uh, since yesterday. So cool. uh, that's good news for them. So yeah, so this was really interesting because um, the accelerator this year, the theme of the accelerator, I had another article on this. Let me see if I can find it. But the theme of the accelerator was AI, AR, and blockchain, um, and NFTs and blockchain. I am see if it's here. Oh, that's the same article. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I don't know what I did with the link, but um, those were the themes of it. And to me, that is huge like it's huge for polygon to be you know the blockchain that disney is saying we want you to come in and accelerate in our accelerator together um but number two it's huge news that disney is actually taking their accelerator and focusing on these market segments because disney doesn't need them disney isn't going for the big score of when polygon someday goes public this isn't that kind of an investment mm. this is the kind of investment that is we want to integrate your technology into our platform and if disney yeah. is saying hey <laughs> we're going to be having nfts we're going to be having blockchain we're going to be having ar and ai then that tells me that there is a huge move for disney to be making around their products and the nft space that we were just talking about yeah and once once disney makes any kind of significant move in this space, 
the entire market is going to fucking blow up because yeah. if you think about how well they have fucking done with Disney plus and what they have churned out with Marvel and what they are churning out on um, product and merch, it's a fucking machine. And if they latch on to Polygon being the, the blockchain that powers everything for them from an NFT and product verification perspective and blockchain and data and, you know, paying for shit in the parks, <clears throat> you know, yeah. I mean, there is so much well, potential. When I see the AR and AI stuff, I mean, to me, it screams metaverse. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's one of these things. If I'm Disney, I'm thinking, OK, I either want people in all the meta all the metaverses playing my shit because they are the number one content creator in the world. Right. I believe. <clears throat> um, and with the most brands and most franchises. And they just got to keep. I remember when. um there was all those deals happening. We covered a lot of these cases in grad school because people were buying the content libraries. Like yeah. when Turner did the deal with um, something, Ted Turner was out buying stuff. He was buying networks to get the content libraries and the studios. Yeah. Yep. And so now Disney, to me, they're looking, okay, what comes next? It's either, is it people sitting with VR, AR headsets on playing games and watching our shows? Or is it a, you know, Peter Pan metaverse that people are in the show? And maybe they're in it with NFTs or is it a all encompassing Disney metaverse that then has sub metaverses of all these worlds, content worlds that somehow organizes with everything else, but it yeah. all has, you know, NFTs woven into it. I mean, I don't know if that's, I mean, that, that sounds like one of the biggest announcements of the year to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, in a and lot I, of ways. I, I think 26% is like still way under for what Polygon can be here. I, I, just gigantic. If they can turn this accelerator play into an integration, into a deployment, um, to me, this is this is yeah. just gigantic news. And and Disney could single handedly drive huge amounts of NFT volume, like just gigantic amounts. And and you're right. If you talk about like if you talk about the combination of VR, AR, AI, and NFTs, <clears throat> now. You know, look, I, some of the games that my son and daughter play that I have played with them a few times, they are incredibly storyline integrated, some of these games. I mean, look, story is critical to all video games, but, but the storyline integrations to the ones that make you feel like you're in a movie are incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And the, the storytelling and the AI hasn't developed enough that th there's always, you know, they have to pre-plan the paths. Well, imagine if Disney can start releasing storylines <clears throat> that are fed by an AI and that you're living in it in, a, in VR and you're buying and interacting and you are a character in the movie, then, then everything goes fucking ballistic, right? I mean, it's just it, it, from Disney's perspective, it's smart and I'm glad to see it. And from the perspective of Polygon, I think being here in the base framework and having the opportunity potentially is just gigantic, just yeah. huge. Huge, really big. Yeah, I just can't get. I mean, there is mm -hmm. nobody better primed to fill up metaverse worlds than totally. Disney. Definitely, like, nobody. Definitely, definitely. So it's just yeah, huge. it's huge. New York Yankees are going to start playing, paying employees in Bitcoin. Wow, so that's awesome. They can think uh, employees of the company can uh, uh, choose to have part of their salary come in in Bitcoin. So that's that's very cool. Glad to see they're doing it. It's just another boost for kind of the brand of crypto, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, yeah. what's well, that's probably the 
I mean, that's arguably the number one baseball franchise, right? I mean, who? I had, I don't follow baseball anymore. I don't really either anymore. I did as a kid, but I mean, I yeah, think me there's too. other. Maybe the Red Sox would be up there, but it's a smaller market. And I think not Mets as many championships. Dodgers, Mets. Yeah, well, let's say you got to think the Yankees are bigger than the Mets. Yeah. Oh, they're definitely one of the biggest brands. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah. it's good. It's good. And it's New York. So yeah. there's shitloads of users there. Look, I, it's just more adoption, right? And it's more that people hear about and see. Um, Can you buy and... tickets with Bitcoin yet? <clears throat> I don't think so. About that? Uh, they don't say anything about that. That would be interesting. They don't, they don't say anything about that. Uh, let's see what else we got here today, Joe. <clears throat> oh, this was really interesting. I haven't climbed into the details of this yet, but... Uh, Circle is now going to start doing uh, monthly breakdowns uh, in detail of the reserve assets for USDC. Smart move mm. uh, by Jeremy Allaire and that company and that team. You know, obviously USDC is at a point where they have an opportunity to not only remain and grow their base in decentralized world and DeFi, but also potentially overtake uh, USDT. <clears throat> Excuse me. So. Um, I think it's smart of them to start saying, hey, look over here. We're giving you all the details of everything that backs your money. Um, and uh, that other company is not. So uh, smart move on their part. Again, you know, um, I, I see some more use after my discussions with Jeremy about what USDC for why they are needed for institutional and regulated entities to have something that's regulated um, to use to get into crypto. Um, obviously I'm still concerned about the blacklist capabilities of USDC to harm DeFi in general, if regulators ever decided to go after it wholeheartedly, but I think this is a really smart move on their part. Um, and I think USDC has the chance to surpass USDT. So, um, going to be really interesting to see how that progresses. Yeah, I, I, I share that sentiment. I think that USDC is going to pass USDT, um, just from the regulated standpoint, it's yeah. not, it has to be. You are not going to get the big U.S. financial, or, well, let's just say U.S. financial institutions going heavily into USDT without right. full transparency on everything that's backing it. Yep. And so USDC, because of its, um, how it complies with the U.S. regulatory framework is the one best poised. I mean, I, I sometimes wonder if there ever will be a U.S. digital dollar I think USDC can be that. Myself. Yeah, I think they've positioned um, themselves to become that. And, and I'm sure just, they're having those discussions at some level. Well, you could have backing from the U.S. government. I mean, I don't know how much USDC is out there. I, I said, presume, I think there's like 60-something billion tether out there, yeah, I don't 67. Know. I think USDC is smaller than that. Um, but, you know, if you cap it at 50 billion, let's say, well, I don't know how you do that, actually. Well, I have seen Jeremy tweet that he would love to have his goal is a direct integration with the Treasury Department. Yeah. And a U.S. Right? backing, a U.S. Yeah. government backing like yeah. to do with dollars, real yeah. dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's no, see. I mean, I hate the wall. But look, that goes on in the bank. Yeah. Market cap is fifty five billion. OK, so they are like at this almost at the same as USDT. So <clears throat> you can see there's a shift then. Let's see um, where USDT is right now. Sixty five. So yeah, yeah, they're close. They're getting there. But like maybe a year ago, perhaps, I think that USDC was significantly less. Wasn't yeah. it more in like the 20 range? Oh yeah, no, it was yeah. much less. Yeah, much less. So that tells me you're seeing a shift obviously into USDC because yeah. of its regulated nature 
from yep. institutions. Um, which, you know, we all bitch about it and whine about it, but damn, when you look at like the Terras and the Celsius and the shit like that, you're like, oh, wow, okay, huh. Regulation might make a little bit of sense. <laughs> like, well, yeah, so regulate the fuck that. out of the regulate yeah. the fuck out of the centralized guys, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And figure out ways to sort of. I mean, there are ways. I mean, I don't know the ways, but I'm sure that we will figure out ways to regulate DeFi in a way that doesn't harm DeFi. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just the market keeps evolving. We keep having these experiments. We keep learning from them. Yep. Um, the biggest mistakes are huge learning lessons. And I'm yeah. sure everybody's paying attention. Um, yep. Do it in a way that doesn't harm it because everybody sees all these centralized failures. Totally agree, dude. Let's um, see what else. There was one other thing I was, I saw that was, let me see if I can find it again. I'm, there's so much stuff going on. Um, so this was, go oh, ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to talk. No, I don't really need to, we'll do this tomorrow. I was just going to sure? touch on, I was going to touch on some macro, but that'll change the whole discussion so i don't want to do that right now all right um, um it looks like uh from inflows and some other data that uh institutional investors sentiment about eth is improving as the merge gets closer so you know um i would really love to see um you know a lot more engagement involvement with institutional into ethereum we'll see what happens when is the i haven't paid attention to this i don't know where we're currently scheduled now i'm pretty sure we're still looking at october november but uh i haven't seen any updates and again i've been off you know i mean i've been listening and paying attention not as detailed over the last couple of weeks but uh i i think we're we're probably still looking supposedly at november time frame i don't know amen do you know uh if you're still listening where that might be also, um, what about um is is are all the fractal people still holding on that kind of October bottom? Is that what you're seeing? In, in yeah, I haven't seen any changes in that uh, at okay. all. I haven't. I, haven't I seen find it interesting that, that that kind of times with the merge. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which could be a nice boost to everything in the market. So yeah, definitely. Um, found a new. I think this is it. Found a new tool that's competing with DeBank and Zapier and Zerion, um, and it sounds fantastic. Uh, called Valk or Merlin is the, the company behind it is Valk. Merlin is the name of the product. Um, what was interesting to me was it's not just um, it's not just uh, the ability to see where your where your money is in DeFi and where it's going to be, but it's also um, allows you to take actions within the dashboard to execute trades, similar to what things that you can do with Zerian on Zapper. Um, but the, they added a whole lot of other functionality to it, but here's the problem. They are way behind, um, everyone else in terms of the protocols that they've adopted so far. I went and connected mine up and right now it's only the biggest ones like Ave, et cetera, but they are essentially making this a smart wallet, right? So that it'll opt- optimize things that you're doing, um, within DeFi protocols, allow you to kind of, uh, control and manage instead of just report and see what's in there. So interesting. We'll keep an eye on this one. They're not quite ready for prime time yet because they just don't cover enough protocols like DeBank or Ziriana Zapper, but still some good stuff. Eamon says merge diff bomb pushed back, but I think they're still hoping for August or September. Oh, cool. That'd be awesome. I would love that. I'd love that. Anyway, it's an interesting tool, Joe, but not quite there for us yet. Well, always good to keep watching. You know, yeah, exactly. people come out with new tech, new ways to interpret data. I mean, this yep. is what we want. 
Ah, uh, here it is. Here's the MakerDAO bug. There was a bug in MakerDAO that was in the code for four years. Um, and if exploited, the bug could have dramatically increased the price of DAO. No funds were at risk. Uh, this company, Satora, is the project. Satora is the project that uh, that found the the bug. Um, and I'm assuming it was taken care of and covered and repaired and uh, all is well now. But it's amazing that <clears throat> a project as tested and as uh, used and stress test as MakerDAO could have a bug in it for four years that could have been catastrophic for the protocol. Like for four years, nobody else fucking found this. That tells you, I think that outlines for you the risks in new protocols, right? Um, uh, not reusing a strong and tested code is, is hard enough, but if you're building everything from scratch, uh, you know, four years later and a seasoned veteran like MakerDAO has, still has issues. So everybody needs to be careful out there. Yeah. No, that is amazing that that, Time bomb was sitting there. Nobody found yeah. it. It's crazy, dude. It's yeah. crazy. Uh, let's see. Uh, uh, last thing I had opened is I revisited the Dove Metrics uh, dashboard. Not nothing in particular to point out here, but I was looking at. I, I wanted to start taking a look closer look at uh, where big uh, portfolios are putting their funds in and what they're investing in and what's getting the funding right now, and what kind of the trends are. So I just want to remind everybody about this Dove Metrics uh, table on Airtable. I'm going to post a link in the show notes, um, but it's a really great place to see what's getting funded, who's funding them, what uh, funds like Andreessen Horowitz or whatever are investing in what projects in their seed rounds. Um, just really interesting to see and good data to track, um, and help you kind of see, uh, where the money's headed. What's the name of that site again? Uh, well, Dove metrics is the Dove creator metrics. of it, but it's linked to, uh, they have an Airtable uh, table that they've set up. So I'll okay. put the, I'll post the link in the, Perfect. in the show notes so everybody can, uh, can take a look. Eamon says, oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, the difficulty bomb was pushed back just a little from end of August to end of September. So I think they feel confident that'll happen by the end of September, though October isn't off the table for that's the ETH merge stuff. So, so what was the difficulty bomb? Uh, the difficulty bomb is the thing that that sets off to make it so it's even more difficult for miners to keep mining on the Ethereum blockchain. Got it. Um, and makes the algorithm more difficult. So the idea is to keep to push them out and so um, make it so that they. Uh, they no longer really are incented to mine on the Ethereum network and they can proof of stake can happen. So that's the idea. Oh, Ooh, that's challenging, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Joe, that's all I've got back after uh, vacation. I'm good. Let's keep it tight. 45 minutes. Good stuff good. out there. I mean, the only thing I'll touch on macro tomorrow. Obviously, we saw that inflation number. It's CPI number, so it does include yeah. fuel and food. I was glad to see the gas prices dropping. I yeah. actually noticed it. The, the interesting thing, when you're driving over a two and a half week period mm -hmm. up the Pacific coast in, in California, where I started, it was in the low sixes, like 620, mm -hmm. 625 a gallon. For premium? And yeah, For no, regular unleaded. So and the lowest grade. The lowest yeah, grade. the lowest grade. Yeah, okay. And wow. the rental car company was like, dude, you want to buy, uh, you can buy, you know, fill up gallons at 676 because by the time you hit San Francisco, it's going to be over seven. And it was, I checked on the, on the, on ways. Well, by the time I got to San Francisco, gas was traded was 599 to 620, 625 in San Francisco. So I could actually see the decline happening as I was traveling up the, up the state. It was pretty interesting to see the actual prices starting to decline as I was driving upwards. Well, so 
Good news. Glad to see it. It's about five bucks in Miami, right? I haven't. I haven't. Bought, I rarely buy gas in Miami because oh, I got right, a yeah. hybrid. No, I, I I buy premium, so it's like I'm always seeing like five. Now I'm seeing like five forty. Um, huh. so yeah, that tells me that regulars in the fours then. Yeah, the high fours. So look, yeah, you know, I mean, how long ago was it we were looking at six seventy five? Yeah, you know, it wasn't that long ago. So that's yeah. all good news. Um, food and grain prices will come down next. Um, you know, I, I think this is this. You know, it is turning. But you know, the thing is, I just. I don't, I look at the markets now, it kind of shrugged off, it looks like to me. And now everybody's pricing in like one point hikes or something like that. Yeah. Fed, which, you know, it's shrugging it off again. So, yeah. um, you know, by the way, I mean, gas near, gas near me is now 419 to 429. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, look, it's, I think that's going to be enough. Once we see how the MBS stuff works out in Saudi, I expect them to, I've Chuck. heard there's, there's talk about pumping that stuff up in like within the next two months, a new massive production deal there. Yeah. So. Let's hope. Chuck's <laughs> gas. The Tesla boy <laughs> laughing out loud, buying gas. That's funny. Yeah. You're funny, man. All right, um, dude. It's great to roll. be back. Great to see you, bud. Yeah. Good to see you too, man. Good show. Stay positive, have fun, relax, and uh, don't get dragged down too fast by all the grind. All right. We love all of you. We appreciate you listening and watching. We appreciate you sharing and letting everybody know about us. If you could, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Or uh, give us a thumbs up and click the little bell on YouTube so you know uh, when we've released new episodes. Got a lot of new stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Um, really appreciate all of you listening. If you have any thoughts, ideas, guests, I know that a lot of you have sent me, oh, while I was on vacation, have sent me a number of guest suggestions. I think I have about 23 of them uh, in my email inbox. Um, please know that I will get to all of those that have been sent to me. I promise that I will. And I will get back to you about having them on guests on either DeFi Lunch or Mission DeFi. If you have any thoughts or ideas and you want to reach out to me or feedback or criticism uh b05 crypto on twitter and telegram and b05 crypto pound 2149 on discord thanks everybody for listening and watching we appreciate you bye everyone see you tomorrow <laughs>